this evening, we do talk about love. And as I was thinking about love, I looked back at some different stories that I had put together at one point just on love. And I was reminded of one story that I pulled from an International Mission Board magazine where they, they'll share stories of things that happen across the world and they let us know what's going on in them. And this is back from 2001. And it was a story about some missionaries, a family uh, who lived in Uganda and the husband and wife are Larry and Terry, and they had three kids, Andy, who was 19 at the time, Laura, who was 17, and Jackie, who was 15. And they were out driving down a road in Uganda, and a Karamanjong tribal warrior stepped out in the road out of some tall grass with an AK-47, and another armed man came from the other side of the road. And then Larry, the report says that Larry, he reversed the car, and hurtled down the road in the opposite direction. Uh, but the bandits already began to, to pump bullets into the back of the car by the time they turned around and started going. And one bullet slammed um, in the back seat between Jackie and Andy, their two kids, and another shattered, shattered a window. And pierced, a pierce of shrapnel, a piece of shrapnel, struck Jackie in the back, one of the daughters. And the father continued just to, to go down that road away from the bandits. <clears throat> And Terry, the wife, says, the kids were crying. We didn't know if the wound Jackie had was from a bullet or, or a piece of glass. And everyone was just going to pieces, as you can just only imagine. Then the article says that nobody would have blamed anyone in the family that day for screaming, I never want to go near those people again. Instead, Jackie, their daughter, hurting and bleeding, cried out, they need Jesus. They need Jesus. They live in darkness. They don't understand, oh God, they just need, need you. So Jackie's wound later proved to just be superficial. Uh, but her moment of distress revealed, as the article says, revealed what was in her heart, a passion for the lost of souls of Karamajong, even those who had attacked her family. And as I... I read that and was reminded of that story, I just thought of the love that Jackie had for those people. And I thought, well, what love? What great love? Like, how do, you, how do you get that love? How do you muster up that love? And I was reminded, you don't. You don't muster that up and produce it in your own strength. And also thinking of our world that longs for that type of love that would sacrificially love others, even in the face of persecution. And we long for that kind of love, even to be loved with that kind of love. And it's reminded, again, well, where does that come from? Can we just, out of our own goodness and kind of our own righteousness or good deeds, can we muster up that type of love? And I'm reminded um, during this Advent season that we, we don't. We don't. We don't stir up and muster up our own love, that we need a love outside of ourselves. And then uh, the book of 1 John. Uh, now, we've been studying in the Gospel of John, written by the Apostle, and now this is one of the letters of John, 1 John, and he writes this letter to the church, and he talks a lot about love, and we're just going to look at uh, three or four verses that remind us about the love of our God, and even our call to, to love. So I'm just going to walk through a few verses here. It'll be a short, short lesson sermon for us today. 
This is 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. 1 John 4, verse 7 that begins, Beloved, let us love one another. So it begins just with this simple call, love one another. This call to love, to love even like Jackie loved, to love others. And throughout, again, the book of 1 John, there's lots of different calls to love one another. One of those is in chapter 3, verse 11, where John writes it this way. He says, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And John's not making up this command. He's taking it from Jesus, who called us to love one another. It's a deep call to love as Christ to love, and even calls them beloved. So there's this tone of, of love. They're brothers and sisters in Christ, and it says, beloved, love one another. Um, and again, the, this basis of loving one another, it's not because uh, of how much they maybe got along with one another. It's not based on how many um, things we have in common, not a common history or a common, um, I don't know, hobbies or whatever it might be. That's not the basis of this love, to love one another. It's not based on how, even how, how well we get along with one another. Uh, It's not based on if someone does or doesn't drive you a little bit crazy all the time. It just is love one another. It says we've been loved, and we're going to see, because we've been loved through Christ, who's given us love. We're called to love one another. One thing that's interesting here is, as he commands them several times, love one another in this letter, apparently um, the church needed to be reminded of that. It's not an easy thing. Um, We need to be encouraged. We need to be admonished to love one another. And, and I wish the church was always this perfect picture of love, but sometimes we, we do it well, but other times we don't do it so well. And I pray that we will be a church that loves one another well, that we're marked by love for one another and love for Christ and, and love for God's word, that we are people who grow in weeping with those who weep and rejoicing with those who rejoice, and that we're not a self-seeking in our relationships, not easily kind of put off by one another, embittered against one another, but we're long-suffering, that we're quick to hear, where they're slow to speak and slow to become angry. So love. So there's this call to love. And again, well, how do we do that? Man, it's so hard to love. So he continues and he says, For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows love. I'm sorry, and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. So what is that source of that love? What says that that love is from God? And then he just specifically says God is love. So God is the source of love. He's the author of love. He's the root of love. And love is so also rooted in the very nature of who God is. You can't pull out love from God and still have God because God is love love. It's part of who he is. And then we are those who are image bearers. We're made in the image of God. So we are people made to love, to be those recipients and also givers of love. But we don't always do it well. And we live kind of in a world that's so broken because when we don't find ourselves in a place where we're, where we're giving and receiving love, there is such brokenness and often wounds and trials that result from that. But we're reminded, where's our source of love? God, who is love, who's the author of love and the source of love. God is love. And then 
He doesn't leave us there, but he gives us the truest example, which brings us to what we think about during the season of Advent is Christ. As he continues here, and we see this example, this perfect example of love in Jesus. It says, in this is the love of God, verse 9. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. So here's this example that we see that God, what did he do? He sent his one and only son as we recently studied in John 3, 16, that you're probably familiar with that verse, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Here it says that the love of God was made manifest. It was made visible, made tangible. He demonstrated his love. How? By sending Jesus Christ, his one and only son, into the world for us. Another verse that speaks about that, I think I read a couple weeks back, Romans 8, verse 32, where Paul says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely, graciously give us all things? So Jesus, he went willingly, not seeking to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom. He came came to, to seek and to save the lost, to go to the sick, not the healthy. He came as a good shepherd to lay down his life, and he took upon flesh. That's what we think about during this time. He, he stepped into creation, in a creation that was and is still in the midst of the brokenness from the fall, from sin. He left all the glories of heaven. I, can just, I, can just, I can't even really imagine. Just think about this. All the glories of heaven, and he takes upon flesh where he'll grow tired, he'll grow weary, he'll get hungry, he'll feel pain, he felt suffering. And this is the things that we, we think about during this day. We think about the birth of Jesus Christ. He was born a babe. And born a babe in the midst of the accommodations of livestock. <clears throat> he wasn't born amidst the smell of a a clean hospital and all the sanitation and cleanliness that might be found there, but born uh, around the smells of livestock and all that that entails. And then wrapped uh, with love and placed in a, a crib. Well, not exactly a crib, right? I can only imagine Joseph... He's a carpenter, and I think a carpenter probably, I mean, we don't know. I'm just guessing. If that was my skill, you know what I would do before a baby was born? I'd make that baby a crib, a place for him to to be laid once he was born. But no, God had other plans, and he's born mixed of livestock, and he laid in a feeding trough. I can just imagine Mary and Joseph um, in that moment, and Joseph trying to find a place to to lay baby Jesus and thinking, I think if things have gone wrong, what's going, the, the Messiah, the King, a manger, Mary, are we sure that? I can just only imagine. But Christ, this is what he did. He stepped in in all humility and he was born and laid in a manger. It's because he came to all of us in our brokenness and our need. He came to us. He didn't. Come to us um, in our strength of all our good works and all our righteousness, but no, in our neediness, in our sin, and our brokenness. And he poured out his love upon us through Jesus Christ that we could be called 
children of God. 1 John 3, verse 1 says it this way. So what kind of love, the, see what kind of love the Father has given us? That we should be called children of God. That's the kind of love he's given, that we should be called children of God. And then it says, and so we are. And how are we? Through Jesus Christ. If we've turned from our sins and we've trusted in him as Lord and Savior, uh, we're adopted in in all our mess, and all our brokenness, and all our sin, because he died for those. And he loved us. And then we see that in verse 10 as well. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So here this is saying that the love of Christ continues, that he was obedient even to the cross, this propitiation, this laying down his life, that is that of an atoning sacrifice, that he died in our place for our sins and died for us, that he took upon himself our, our sin, our shame, our guilt, our need, our brokenness, our helplessness, and demonstrated the depth of the love of God, that he came, laid down his life. And as it said in the verse before, that we might live, that we might live through him, that we might have true life in him. And I'm just reminded throughout a week, a year, um, sometimes within an hour, of the depth of some of the sorrows that that we walk through. Um, just even recently, we heard of a friend, uh, a, a church member and friend of ours, whose son was just killed tragically. And I just think, ah, oh, how do you walk through such things? But their hope is Christ, and they live through Him, and they know that the Lord can even redeem that. We can have hope in this world where Christ. The death of Jesus, the Messiah, the Lord redeemed that to bring life and the love of God to us that we might be adopted and be children of the King. And then we see verse 11 that says this. We close with this, verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So again, it comes back. Well, what do we do? Well, we're people marked by this type of love. We're people that need to love one another so that we can point people to Jesus, not so we can just point to a nice kindness or a nice feeling or a nice emotional, whatever. No, it's true love found in our God who willingly died to us. We ought to be a people who love one another and love others as well. Pastor um, John Piper, he, he said this or wrote this. He said, when, when John here, when he writes, he, when he says, we ought to love love each other, he means ought the way that fish ought to swim in the water and birds ought to fly in the air and living creatures ought to breathe and peaches ought to be sweet and lemons ought to be uh, sour, excuse me, sour and hyenas ought to laugh and born again people ought to love. It's who we are. So our love then becomes a visible manifestation, a visible example, a visible demonstration, a tangible demonstration of the love of our God when we love others, we love those, and we are a representation of the gospel as we act, but as we speak it as well, of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So this Christmas time, may we be reminded of the death of Jesus, but as well as the birth of Jesus. And be reminded of the humiliation, the humility 
of the birth of Christ and in the death of Christ. But then he rose again victorious and he's our king. And he, by his grand act of love, calls us in and calls us children when we trust and believe and receive the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Father God, we thank you for this time and for this season that we're reminded of the the birth of Jesus Christ that demonstrated his great love for us. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you that in Christ that we can live, that we can have life, that we can have forgiveness of sins, that we can have eternal life in him. So Lord, we thank you. Lord, help us to be a people who love and help us too, if there are any that have yet to turn and trust in you, that that would even be by your hand, as uh, a move that is made. So, Lord, we, we pray for that as well. Lord, we thank you for gathering us together. We thank you for the love that's been poured out upon us in Christ. Lord, help us to be a people that in turn love one another and love the world around us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.